you guys want to turn there in your notes, again, I always encourage you to bring your Bibles. And uh, you know what? A lot of verses here this morning. Some of these we'll just refer to. Some we'll read through. Some I might just read the underlying thing. You know, it's our hope we can go over this. And then, you know what? You'll have opportunity in the week to go deeper in it, you know, as individuals and families. And maybe it's just something you bookmark and have there, you know, as a reference. And one of the many great things that came out of COVID, you know, doing our notes this way. And the Lord's blessed it immensely. Well, again, we're, we're coming near the end of Romans here, and we've talked about Paul closing up the epistle here, giving, you know, at some last encouragements and instructions and ministry updates and prayer requests. We saw last week him giving a letter of commendation for Phoebe, who was coming there from Corinth to Rome, probably with the group bringing the letter, talked a lot about that. And then we saw Paul giving just a whole bunch of greetings and encouragements and acknowledgments there in verse 1 through 16. And so again, commendations, and I put in my notes, great greetings. And, you know, again, as he's closing out the epistle, what we'll see here this morning is him giving some great warnings in the sense of these things you need to be aware of. These things at the end aren't here just hack-ons, but I think even more him really, you know, at bringing attention to these matters. And these things aren't to be ignored because they're here at the end. And after giving all this phenomenal theology and doctrine, and, you know, it just, you know, many have called the book of Romans the fifth gospel because we get such a breakdown of the fact that we are filthy sinners. One of those first three chapters are brutal. But praise God, it all the more brings glory to our great Savior and really shows how. Again, Jesus came according to the scriptures and laid down his life for us. And salvation, again, by grace through him and so forth. Faith in the Lord. And, and again, we see early in the church, you see in the Old Testament and the New, there's a tax on truth. There's a tax on the gospel. Look, at the, the, the great war in the world isn't political. Though the political sometimes can, you know, it have an effect on the spiritual and so forth because... We know some of these things are intertwined, but the great war is the spiritual war. It's the enemy of our soul coming against the gospel of Jesus Christ and wanting to come against God's church and his word that he has given to us to proclaim. Look at, this is the pillar and ground of truth here where we proclaim the truth that sets people free. And one of Satan's great ways of coming against that is through heretics and troublemakers. And Paul speaks of such this morning. He gives a great warning concerning those, again, that would come in to bring divisions and offenses, that would bring doc doctrine contrary to the sound doctrine we've received from the Word of God. And we'll see him, him telling us this morning to note these people and to avoid them. And some would say, well, why do we need to do that? It doesn't sound loving and so forth. To note, it means I need to make some judgments and then to avoid. I, I want to love everybody. And he tells us to note them and avoid them because they don't serve the Lord Jesus Christ but their own belly, which means they follow their hearts, not the scripture. But more than that, they deceive the simple. They deceive babes in Christ. They deceive those that are the weaker brethren that we talked about earlier in this epistle 
And they do it with flattery and smooth words. They don't show up and say, hey, I'm a heretic. Or, hey, I'm here to divide things up and look at more than dividing people in the body of Christ against each other. They want to divide people from God. And some of these people do this knowing they're doing it. And others, they just do it because of serving their own hearts versus the Lord wanting to make disciples after themselves so we're going to talk a lot about that especially the noting and avoiding and then he tells them this morning another great warning to be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil and i'll tell you if we do that it will so help us in noting and avoiding and then paul gives some great encouragements he tells them that their obedience has become known to all what a powerful testimony but he plays on that to again encourage them that again these are tough things your obedience is known upon all and i know you'll be obedient in this in this tough and difficult matter where so many people aren't obedient when it comes to those who want to bring offenses and heresies and so forth but he gives a great encouragement because in this in the midst of this warfare and it is a spiritual warfare a war that we have to wage a, a, a war at times that's unpleasant he gives a great encouragement. He says, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your and us in Christ this morning. We can say our feet. And that's a great encouragement to wage the good war in truth and in love, which sometimes means we got to note this and we got to avoid it. And then Paul closes this little, you know, encouragement and exhortation with just a, a great and simple prayer. And we've seen Paul throughout this epistle speak about pray, prayer and praying. So let's read the text here this morning at 17 through 20. And my aim here is that we are done at 20 after to give you more time to even eat. I will see miracles are God is a God who is still working in that area. So we will see how we do here. Maybe I shouldn't have said that because of those great amens for the pancakes and a division might break open during the middle of this, so hopefully that won't happen. Notice verse 17, now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses, contrary to the doctrine which you learn and avoid them. For those who are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and this is huge, and by smooth and flattering speech deceive the hearts of the simple. For your obedience has become known to all. Therefore, I am glad on your behalf, but I want you to be wise in what is good, simple concerning evil, and the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Can we say amen to that? So notice here he's urging them in this matter. He's urging them to note again those who cause divisions and offenses because they stumble the simple and again they teach unsound doctrine unbiblical doctrine to people's demise and destruction and he says to avoid them and again this happens on many levels this happens oftentimes on a broad level with winds of doctrine that come into christendom that are completely unsound, that are completely unbiblical. And we've talked a lot about those things. 
And it also at times happens at the local level, you could say, sometimes maybe with an unsound doctrine, but oftentimes with just a campaign of an individual or individuals wanting to make disciples after themselves and wanting to bring destruction and division through maybe slander or whispering campaign or whatever it would be. And again, Paul is saying here, this is not a small matter. This isn't a footnote here at the end of the epistle. When he's urging them, he's saying this is an urgent matter. This is something that needs to be taken to heart because let's remember the simple lie in the crosshairs of these efforts, which again, aren't just coming from men, but there is a spirit behind these things. Thus, even in the context here, the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. Shortly, soon, this is gonna happen. So we get again in the context of the New Testament and even in this exhortation that this is a spiritual battle this is an urgent matter this should be a bring a sense of urgency to all of us this morning this should awaken us if these are areas that we just say well that's not for me i just want to be known as you know at the lover of all and if i got to call out some air and if i got to say i'm stepping back from this well that's not new testament christianity no that's a false doctrine if you approach it like that we got to stand in truth see it's not all about us and it's not about us being accepted and approved by everybody in fact the lord said woe to you when all men speak well of you that's what they did of the false prophets we got to wage the good war. And again, it's not a war against flesh and blood. It is a spiritual war, but at times that spiritual war, it is manifest and seen in individuals that are ministers of the devil, whether they know it or not. Look at these aren't my words. This is scripture. So right off the bat, he's urging them. And I want to give you, and, and we're going to lay these out and then we'll probably touch on some of this a little bit more but as i just wait on the lord and this you know this is the way it unfolded when i was studying i'm urging you and again right at the beginning i want to make a, a case for it being an urgent matter to stir you up to stir us up so so that that that, that again this morning we see the urgency in it so so number one again it's an urgent matter because these that cause offenses and divisions Look at, some are calculated wolves. Others are just rebellious stooges. Again, they don't serve the Lord, but they follow their own belly or their own heart, and they move in rebellion. And here's what God said about rebellion in 1 Samuel 15, 23. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And oftentimes individuals move in these areas and they're not witches. You, oh, is that a witch? They're not witches, but you can move in witchcraft and not be a witch. And listen, I have the blessing, I'll, I'll call it a blessing even in this, of, of pastoring this church nearly 25 years. And I've been around for a few of these things, even on the local level. And you see it in evil behind it. Where, where it's almost like individuals that head these things up. It's, it's, it's very peculiar. It almost feels like they're, they're casting a spell on the simple. And you can kind of see it in the eyes. And I'm, I'm not a big touchy-feely experienced guy, but this lines up with Scripture. It's a spiritual. Isn't that, doesn't that bring a sense of urgency to it? 
And then again, there's those right there in 2 Corinthians 11, 12, that the scripture, as the Holy Spirit moved upon Paul, said they're, they're ministers of Satan. And there's many of these that have even infiltrated in the body of Christ to bring destroy, to bring another gospel, to preach another Jesus, to bring another spirit that the Bible talks about that we're not to put up with. Notice there, 2 Corinthians 11, 12, but what I do, I will also continue to do that I may cut off the opportunity from those who desire an opportunity to be regarded just as we are in the things which they boast. Paul's saying, I do what I do to shut up false teachers. I'm doing what I do in part because of that. I'm here to wage the good war. He says, for such are false apostles, notice, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder, notice explanation point, no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it's no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, and then notice, whose ends will be according to their works. It's not a small matter. Look, it is also not a small matter because unopposed, these liars and deceivers who serve their own belly, who follow their heart, who look to make disciples after themselves, not disciples of Jesus Christ. They don't want to be under shepherds. They want to be the main shepherd, but there's only one shepherd, good shepherd. That's Jesus Christ. Look, and in doing what they do, they spread leaven. They shipwreck faith. They oftentimes destroy churches. And again, they lead the simple babes in Christ and those ungrounded. And there's a lot of ungrounded believers in the faith today. They lead them astray. Notice what Paul says here in 2 Timothy 2.15. Be diligent to present yourselves approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So we follow the word. We don't follow our heart. We follow the word. And then notice, but shun profane and idle babblings, for they will increase to more ungodliness. And I'll tell you, these things are on the rise. And their message will spread like cancer. Hymenius and Philetus, Paul's name and some names here, are of the sort, who have strayed concerning the truth, saying the resurrection has already passed. And then notice, this is the huge thing. So many things we can point out, but this is the main thing. And they overthrow, overthrow the faith of some. That's an urgent matter. That's an urgent matter when there are, again, those that cause divisions and offenses that throw over the faith of some. We'll talk more about this in a bit. Woe to those that would cause one of these little ones to stumble. The Lord's not just talking about children there. He's talking about babes in Christ. He's talking about even individuals that they know Christ, but they're just not grounded the way that they should be. And look, at there's many not grounded as the way they should be because there's such a lack of teaching of doctrine in the church today. Everyone just wants to do a, you know, not everyone, but many out there, they just want to do like a 10-week a sermon of how to have more friends. Bro, we need some doctrine here. You do these surveys and Half of those that say they're Christians, they, they don't even know that Jesus is the only way. That's problematic. That's a big deal. This is an urgent matter. Get it in your heart this morning. It's a matter of urgency. Next year, look at, they oftentimes do this in a sneaky fashion. 
The Bible talks about them creeping in unnoticed. Notice Ephesians 4.14. And he's talking about pastors and teachers and such that are there to build up, to equip the, the, the body for the work of the ministry. And also he says that we should no longer be children. <clears throat> Again, that call to maturity, tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine. And then notice the trickery of men and cunning craftiness and deceitful plotting. There's deceitful plotting that oftentimes is coming against the body of Christ, coming against Christendom on a whole and wanting to come against local churches that are faithful to teach the scriptures. You think the devil's gonna let that go? Oh, they're teaching the Bible there. They're worshiping the Lord there. The gospel's being preached. No, the devil says, we gotta double, double down over here. Let's get some deceitful plotting going. Let's get some heretics raised up and such. Paul talked about this when he left Ephesus. He says, wolves are going to come from the outside and the inside. So you shepherds better be alert. You better be aware. They sneak in. They creep. Heretics work like this. They come along and they look like they're part of the body of Christ. They say the right things, do the right things, but they're waiting for the right time to strike, to bring in their agenda. So they sneak in. They'll take false doctrines oftentimes on the broader level and they craft them and word them in such a way where a lot of people can't see it right off the bat. And they bring it in, they creep it in, and then it begins to grow like a leaven and oftentimes begin to move into that which they intended it to be in the beginning. It's kind of like if you have a business and someone's embezzling. Someone's stealing money a little bit at a time. You don't see it, then the next thing you know, it's in the news, you know, the KSBY, half a million dollars stole from this company. You would say, oh man, where was my sense of urgency? Why didn't I see that? Because oftentimes we get lulled to sleep in things. Look at fourth, Jesus said concerning these individuals that in the last days they would abound. It's not like, oh, first century they were there, and then it kind of just trickled off. We don't got any of that. No, the scripture says there'll be more and more. And sadly it says, not a few, but many will follow them. Again, in talking about the end of the age, when the disciples asked what would be the sign of his coming and the end of the age, Matthew 24, 4, he says, take heed that no one deceives you for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ. Christ there means anointed one. I'm anointed, follow me. I got an anointing from God. And he says, Men, they'll deceive many, not a few, many. In fact, the Lord talks about deception more than anything else in those signs at the end of the age. And then 2 Timothy 3.13, but evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse. Notice deceiving and being deceived. They're deceived themselves and they seek to deceive others. He says, but you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of knowing from whom you have learned them. We wanna continue in truth. And then lastly, in trying to lay out a case, you know it for going deeper in this so that, that, that we're alert. We have some urgency stirred up in us. Sadly, there's so many few Bereans, and we'll talk about the Bereans here in a minute, how they searched the scripture even to see if what Paul was saying was true. So few Bereans in the pews and oftentimes so few true shepherds in the pulpit that will stand up against these things. 
there's such a you know like go along to get along mentality and again we don't want to cause divisions in these things and standing against those that divide but those that divide we have to stand up and take note and avoid we're not to put up with these things we're not to put up with those who serve their heart notice 2 Corinthians eleven three. 3 Paul says but I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by all craftiness so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that's in Christ then notice for if he who comes preaches another Jesus whom we've not preached or you receive a different spirit which you have not received or a different gospel which you have not accepted you may well put up with it and it's just so obvious today not only so many that put up with false doctrines and we're talking again about assaults assaults on the gospel the person of god issues of morality that are black and white i think a few weeks ago i talked about some church doing drag queen story hour at their church like how did we get here how did we get so far out here it starts with heresy and always then births apostasy it sneaks in there's not there's so many that not only put up with it they even promote it look at we're here at this time for a reason to stand for truth to walk in love to walk in the joy of the lord to be the most grateful thankful people on the face of the earth but to wage the good war do you have a sense of urgency in your heart i hope you do lord birth it in our hearts can we say amen to that he says again and i'll come back to note here in a second note those who cause divisions offenses contrary to the doctrine which you've learned the word divisions here it means disunion it means a popular uprising so it's appealing to the flesh of people it means controversy and uproar a word we're very familiar with we hear all the time an insurrection but a real one an insurrection and notice who's it caused by it's caused by them they're causing this these individuals they're drumming it up they have an intent in doing this it's not caused by their target it's caused by those that again are walking contrary to sound doctrine which you have learned and again that's part of the problem there's a lack of teaching of sound doctrine oh people don't want to hear doctrine that's boring i beg to differ <laughs> look at if you're born again god's going to give you a hunger for the word i beg to differ of that i don't believe that i don't believe it for a second it is glorious to learn about our lord it's glorious to learn about again the plan of salvation is it not glorious to study the old testament prophets and prophecies and so forth it's it's like life in your souls to know what you believe and why you believe it but these individuals come in again they want to bring a popular uprising there's so many of examples of this in scripture so many examples one that came to my mind was back in numbers 16 you know moses has been called by god the to, to, to lead israel again out of egypt and and that's happened and now they're in the wilderness and it's just one thing after another the grumbling the complaining the insurrections that happen it seems over and over and over again and moses is just here saying 
you know what, I, I want to do your will, Lord. I'm, I'm, you know, interceding them, being a type of Christ. You know, as, as he delivered, God used Moses to deliver them out of Egypt. Christ has delivered us out of our sin. It, it's a picture. He's a, he, he's a picture, again, to teach us about the Lord. And yet an uprising comes. Why? Because that old devil did not want Israel to exist because God said the Savior of the world's coming through Israel. It wasn't a big, you know, it's a huge deal. And so he raises up this man, Korah, who had a great position amongst the Levites, a very important position when it came to setting up the tabernacle and various things, and he gets a following. And it comes through, again, slander and false doctrine. Quickly here, number 16, one. Now Korah, the son of Izar, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, with Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, and on the son of Peleth, the sons of Reuben, took men. So we got to get a group here together. And they rose up before Moses with some of the children of Israel, 250 leaders of the congregation, representatives of the congregation, men of renown. So men respected and men, you know what, that everyone knows. And they gathered together against Moses and Aaron and said to them, you take too much on yourselves for all the congregation is holy, every one of them. That probably appealed to everybody. Or at least those that, again, were weak in the faith and had fleshly aspirations. And he says, and the Lord is among them. Why do you exalt yourselves above the assembly of the Lord? Look at these are lies. God appointed Moses there. Moses did, Moses was like, get someone else, God. <laughs> and he says, no, you're the guy. Again, Moses was a type of Christ. God designed that. It was doctrinally sound for God to do it that way. Look at all those details of the Old Testament. There's purposes and reasons behind them. Moses said, there'll be a prophet like me that will come after me. Him you'll hear. Again, the one who has delivered us from our sins. But they're opposing that doctrine. They're actually opposing the gospel of Jesus Christ in this, whether they knew it or not, because again, these men are deceived as they deceive. And then again, they wanted to have a following. So let's tell people what they want to hear. Moses, what's he know? This guy, I mean, he's leading us out here in the desert. Wasn't it better when we were in Egypt and so forth? We had all those leeks and all those vegetables and a good onion for breakfast and whatnot, you know? How quickly they forget. And again, who are you to take this on yourself? The word of God says Moses was the most humble man on the face of the earth. Now, Moses wrote that, but listen, the Holy Spirit moved on him. It was, I'm proud to be humble. The Holy Spirit moved him to write that. So again, it's an insurrection based on slander and false doctrine. These men are deceived, and they're deceiving others. Look at the word offenses here. It means a snare, a stumbling block. And indeed, those who followed Korah, boy, you talk about a stumbling and the Lord even gave them opportunity to repent, and some did, because they have a whole exchange there in Numbers 16, which we don't have time to go into. And basically, it came down to bringing incense before the Lord, 
and you know what a, a, a fire before the lord that came from the altar and moses said well you bring yours and i'll bring mine and we'll see how this works out and here's the next day they come and moses just says hey look at everyone who's with the lord get over here if you're with Korah, go over there and a bunch stayed with Korah there and literally literally the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up them and their households it says the men with Korah with all their goods you talk about a stumbling they made it sound so good they played it in such a way that again you couldn't see the poison they appealed to the flesh and men. They told people what they wanted to hear. God put them out there to persevere. In fact, they should have already been in the promised land, but their lack of faith kept them from that. And so a grumbling and complaining, well, let me come and let me appeal to that and so forth. Again, contrary to doctrine, contrary to, again, the way we are to behave. And it was a stumbling to many. Then everyone said, get away. You know, we don't want to go down. We don't want to follow. And then sadly, even those left the next day, they like, how dare that Moses do those things? Again, because the devil's just always working. <laughs> and then again, they move in doctrine contrary to sound biblical doctrine. And I put, which you hopefully have learned. And again, already touched on it. Sadly, there's a great lack of sound doctrine in the church today. Lack of teaching of it. I commend those who do and praise God. There is a solid remnant out there. They teach sound doctrine, but there are so many that don't as prophesied in the scripture. And maybe you're saying, well, what's the big deal about doctrine? Again, it just means teaching. Well, how about this? First Timothy 4, 16, take heed to yourself. So that's our behavior, our fruits and to the doctrine continuing in them for in doing this, you will save both yourselves and those who hear you. I think that's a pretty big deal. So how do I know, again, if their doctrines and actions are contrary to the scripture? Notice Acts 17. I'll just paraphrase it. Paul came there to Berea. He'd been there amongst the, those in Thessalonica. He came to Berea, and it says, they received the word with readiness, and they searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. Paul didn't show up with the New Testament. He showed up teaching the Old Testament and showed how Jesus was the fulfillment of all those prophecies about the Messiah as the New Testament was formed, being formed and coming together. And they said, we're gonna search the scripture. Oh, this is what he's saying? It wasn't with this critical spirit. Oh, we're gonna prove this guy wrong. Let's see if this is biblical. And they searched the scripture and Paul commends them. He says, they're noble-minded. He says, I applaud you. He doesn't say, how dare you come against God's anointed? That's a red flag right there. Look at any sound pastor and say, test what we're looking at up here by the word of God. Test me by the scriptures. We gotta search the scriptures. But listen, that takes some effort, right? That takes a little bit of work. Far easier to say, well, I don't judge anything. I don't tell, aren't, aren't I upright? I don't judge anything out there. Kumbaya. No, search the scriptures. And, and you might be fine, but look at simple souls hanging the balance. It's a matter of urgency. 1 John 4, 1, it says, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God. And then notice verse 5, speaking about this, he says, they are of the world. Um, where am I here? They are of the world, therefore they speak as the world, and the world hears them. Not only again, 
Do false teachers not bring sound doctrine? They speak as the world. And a guy comes to my mind. We see some names named. I'm going to name a name. Carl Lentz, one of those guys that headed up Hillsongs, the hipster pastor. You know, you saw him on Oprah's couch and all those different shows, and he's the pastor to the celebrities and so forth. I remember right off the bat, one of them asked him about the sin of homosexuality. And he said, we don't talk about that at our church. You know, it was like it was a nightclub church, you know. We, we don't talk about that. Those are private matters. Jesus never talked about that publicly. Bro, you're talking like the world. You want to limit Jesus' words to the gospels? Jesus is the word. It's all God's word. And you're even wrong about that because Jesus said, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. It's all addressed there. All of it. Fornication, adultery, homosexuality, you name it. It's all. Don't you dare say Jesus didn't address that publicly. But see, he spoke as the world spoke. And all of a sudden, we like this guy. He, there's no conviction in this. The world's saying, this is sound. This is the new Christianity. This is what we need. This is real love. That's not love. Is that loving, affirming someone in their sin that Jesus died on the cross to forgive them from and wants to bring a change to their life? Ain't nothing loving about that. But boy, he rose to stardom. And even many simple believers who are in ground of the truth applauded this guy. Even as the heresies just kept coming forward. I mean, it's a word of faith, church, to start. We put our faith in words and create our future. That's witchcraft. I, I was raised in word of faith. I know it firsthand. Evil, 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 evil. And a lot of good people caught up in it that are simple because they're not being taught doctrine. They're being taught lies. And then finally, it all came out. Again, this worldwide pastor that as part of this group that writes so many songs that so much of the church sings despite the doctrine and all the scandal and wickedness and so forth and it comes out dude's been having affairs the whole time abusing the people in that church the whole time and if anyone from the beginning would have just said wait a minute he speaks like the world I'm not talking about just like you know him going hey bro you need to listen not that my girls told me a few weeks ago, I just kept, I kept using, hey, listen, bro, listen, bro. And they said there were some, some people behind us like, oh, why does he keep saying that? I'm not talking about that. You understand what I'm saying, right? And if anyone would have said, hey, wait a minute, you're going to be ambiguous about this? The Bible is not ambiguous about sin. And again, that's the loving position so people can get saved from sin. Maybe you're here today, you don't know the Lord, and you're practicing one of these lifestyles. Jesus loves you. He died on the cross to save you. He has something better for you. Call on his name, and he'll meet you where you're at. Amen. Isn't that we, we need to hear when we got saved? Not, well, let's be ambiguous about this. You know, we really want to, we want the world to hear us and like us. And again, it all came out. And he came to my mind because he just resurfaced this week. Here he's back, because these guys do. They just keep bouncing back. 
And he puts a Facebook up of him and his family, and I'm glad he's with his family. And it's basically, we survived. We're still here because of the grace of God. How about I am repentive? <laughs> You're playing the victim when you are a predator to the highest degree. Shame on you. Go back to the rock you cried out, crawled out from under, and repent, man. Repent. Playing the victim in that? I mean, people devastated from that. You talk about shipwrecked faith from that group? Devastating. Again, on a world platform. A world platform. No fear of God there. I pray for the man's soul. Pray for a soul. The Bible says to test all things. 1 Thessalonians 5.19. By the word. Again, Matthew 5, 7, 5, or Matthew 7, 15 through 20. Jesus says, by the fruits you know them, and you'll see it in the fruit, you'll see it in the words, you'll see it in the doctrine. Now again, they creep in unnoticed. And it's not a call for us to be hypercritical, but absolutely to test things. To test them. Is this scripture? I got no problem with you testing what I'm preaching up here. And in fact, the day you're not doing that, I'm not doing my job properly. And then he says, note them, which means to take aim at or consider, not just ignore, note it, take aim, do something. Look, at we see some crime on TV, some old woman getting mugged. You see so much of this nowadays and everyone just stands around and goes their own way. And you look at that and you cry out, what's wrong with that perpetrator? That's an old woman. And what's wrong with those onlookers? If I were there, again, that's what we do, right? If I were there, I'd pull out my sidearm or I'd go do whatever I'm gonna do. That's what this is, but it's a greater level. Look, at it's not just handbags getting stolen. It's souls hanging in the balance. And you and I are there to act. So what are we gonna do? We're just going to go along to get along, or we're going to say, wait a minute, stop here. I got to take note of this. Is it just a personal note for me, or is it a public note? Do I name a name? Well, listen, if it is a public matter, then oftentimes a public note is necessary. Public insurrections preachings and publishings are 100% subject to public scrutiny this is not a Matthew 18 thing this is a public thing Matthew 18 if your brother sins against you you go to him in private that's not what this is and again so many examples of names in the New Testament being named Jesus named the Pharisees the Sadducees John Mary's Diotrephes uh, Paul again Hymenus and Philenus, which we talked about, Alexander, uh, all of these individuals' name because of their campaign to destroy. Remember, they offend the Lord, they defy the body of Christ. Again, in 1 Corinthians, it talks about those that defile the temple of God, God will destroy them. The context there is the church. This is a big deal, it's a matter of urgency. So he says, note them. Then he says, from there, avoid them. It means to shun them, go out of their way, decline an invitation to hang out, separate, depart from. Again, it would be 
avoid teachings, books, podcasts, song libraries of liars. It's not, well, I just eat the meat and spit out the bones. Bro, if they're teaching a false gospel, a false Christ, a false spirit, if they speak of the world, it's all bones. It's all bones. Like how I got that bro in there. Again, we're charged to preach the word. Notice there, 1 Timothy 4, you preach the word. And then he says the time will come when they will not preach the word. They're going to bring fables and heap up teachers to tickle their ears. He says, but you, again, fulfill your ministry. Are you part of the you or part of the they? We are charged to take note to avoid In Deuteronomy, it talks about these individuals actually being allowed to test us. False prophets being allowed to gain some traction to test us. Who are we? Who do we follow? Do we follow them as they follow their heart and they tickle our ears? Or do we follow the Lord and the word of God? This would also mean, again, avoid their person, to shun them. Because when we don't, we affirm their lies and their sin spreads. Notice Titus 3.10, reject a divisive man after the first and second admonition, knowing that such a person is warped and sinning, being self-condemned. And then in 1 Corinthians 5, Paul talks about a man spreading false doctrine by sleeping with his father's wife. And Paul says, dude, the world, the world doesn't even do this. And I agree, listen, deception and this stuff in the church is far worse when it gets in. It just, it, it Again, this is supposed to be the pillar ground of truth, right? And he says, remove this guy. And Paul says, hand him over to Satan that he'll repent. Otherwise, that leaven's going to spread through all that church. That doctrine's going to spread through all that church. How, how, how are we getting, again, this, this infusion of acceptance of homosexuality and now even abortion in the church? It started with a little leaven. That's where it started. A little compromise here, a little compromise there. And then it has grown. Where you got so much of Christendom, they don't want to stand and sound doctrine. They say, we need to reinvent Christianity. We need to make it appealing to the world and so forth. Look, if people come to church, not want, they come to church wanting to hear about God and to get saved from that. Not to come in and it to sound just like that. Oh, we'll entertain them. Dude, our, the church's entertainment's like, it ain't even B-rate, dude. It ain't even, a, it's horrible. It's goofy. That's when it becomes a, just a, you know what, a, a form of godliness denying the power so we convince ourselves that we're doing church when that's not happening. And again, listen, and all these things, this isn't an assault when I'll say the sin of homosexuality, talk about abortion. Those are things the devil is using to attack the church to kill people but our god's the god of life he's the god of forgiveness he's the god of restoration he's the one that meets the woman where she's at that is bought into that when she cries out and says i'm devastated and he says let me wash you let me heal you let me forgive you that's my god and so we are we going to hide that truth to again appease the world are we going to say i'm shunning that there's some shunning going from the pulpit today we're going to shun this nonsense. No, not in this place. We want people protected. We want them loved on. We want them growing in the truth. It's imperative. I don't got an option. If I don't do that, I'm not a shepherd. I'm a hireling. 
Thank you for those two applauses there. God is good. Notice verse 18, for such uh, for those who are such who not serve the Lord Jesus Christ with their own belly. The Greek word is the exact same word for heart. But by smooth and flattering speech, they deceive the hearts of the simple. And again, how oftentimes are they applauded because they bring flattery and smooth words? But listen, I put in the notes, woe to those who follow their own heart over the Lord. Jeremiah seventeen nine: the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. You want to follow your heart? You want to listen to Walt Disney? Follow your heart. That heart will lead you right to hell. Let's follow the word of God and then get our hearts aligned with God's word. Delight ourselves in the Lord. They don't give us the desire of our hearts because our hearts are aligned with God's word. And then woe to those who would just follow their feelings and flesh in these matters over the Lord who don't want to take heed who don't want to say this is an urgent matter, who refuse to take note, who refuse to avoid such things. Proverbs 17, 4, an evildoer gives heed to false lips. A liar listens eagerly to a spiteful tongue. Do you hear that? That says a lot about us being tested in these things. And then several scriptures here Notice Jeremiah 5.31. The prophets prophesy falsely. The priests rule by their own power. Translation, they follow their heart, not the Lord. And my people love to have it so. But what will you do in the end? Again, they bring seduction through flattery and smooth words. Second Peter talks about these false prophets. They use covetousness. They promise things to the flesh. They tickle ears and oftentimes those simple and those unsuspecting those not learned will follow it sounds good to them though it's not scriptural a great example i don't got the time to go into it but there is second samuel absalom david's son he leads an insurrection against king david another type of christ and it says he would sit in the gate every day when people came with their case. Oh, if I were king, I, you would get favor. And no doubt the other side would come. If I were king, you would get favor. And it says he won the hearts of the people. Listen, and he didn't win their hearts against David. He won their hearts against the Lord. See, these divisions, again, are more than just individuals. It's something greater. They're dividing people from the Lord. I've seen many of these insurrections, many of these individuals with agendas. Come follow me, and people follow them, and then they are just left astray because you got nowhere to lead them. You're not leading them to truth. You're making disciples after yourself versus the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's problematic. Again, in this, who are the simple? It's the innocent, the unexpected. It's 1 Peter 2, 2, the newborn babes. It's Hebrews 5, 12, down through 14. Those that still need milk. Maybe they've been a Christian for a while, but they're just not grasping doctrine. They're not growing. You know what? Maybe they're not putting the effort in or just taking longer. Some probably in there that don't know the Lord. They need to get sound doctrine even to get saved. And they come and pray on them. The simple, the innocent, the unexpecting. You could even say the naive or ignorant. And listen, those individuals, again, 
need to be protected. It's a matter of urgency. But here's the sad thing. There's so many that are willingly simple. They're willingly naive. They're willingly ignorant. They bury their head in the sand. They would hear a message like this and say, how dare you judge? The Bible says, judge not lest ye be judged. No, and then it says, in the manner you judge, you'll be judged. Get the log out of your eye before you point out the speck in your brother's eye. So don't be a hypocrite in your judgments. And then you know what it says? Don't give what's holy to the dogs and cast your pearls before swine lest they turn and trample you. How do I know who a dog is and who a hog is? I got a judge. Notice 1 Corinthians 2.14, but the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God. They're foolishness to him. Nor can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. They have no discernment. But he who is spiritual judges all things. And he does it in an upright way. There's unrighteous judgments than righteous judgments. But this idea to be willingly naive, simple, ignorant, to pluck out of context, judge not lest ye be judged. Hear this this morning. Hear this as well. If you gravitate to this, there is nothing virtuous about that. That is an immoral stance. That's as bad as seeing the old lady mugged in the subway and you're one of these people that just walk by. I'm gonna go along to get along. You coward, souls are getting trampled and you wanna buy that lie which has come through deception? Well, we're virtuous. We don't do that. Meanwhile, the devil running amok, going against the word of God and offense to Jesus Christ and destroying people. And this is where this does come in. Again, imagine someone turning a blind eye to a child being hurt or child abuse. They prey on the babes in Christ. Matthew 18, 6, whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Woe to the world because of, notice the word, notice offenses, which we're talking about here. For offenses must come, but woe to the man by whom the offense comes. Quickly, 19, for your obedience has become known to all. He brings some encouragements. Therefore, I'm glad on your behalf, but I want you to be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil. Again, last week we talked about we're living epistles known and read by all men. All heretics will eventually be exposed and all obedience will be exposed as well. And again, this is a great encouragement. You've been obeying and it's known. That should be our aim. And by the way, the Lord said, if you love me, obey or keep my commandments. And Paul says, I'm glad you're obeying and it's it's known and no doubt in this, he's saying, and I have confidence that you'll be obedient in this difficult matter as well. This is a difficult matter, is it not? It's an uncomfortable matter. It's something where we might lose some friends in it. We might get slandered ourselves in that. Look at a mark of Christianity is not everyone loves me. That's usually the mark of false Christianity. Just so you know, your savior had some enemies. They hung them on a tree. Now, if we're causing the offense, that's different. But if truth is, it comes with the war. It comes with the war for souls with the spiritual war we're in. And here's the thing, the tough things like this, it's easy to follow the easy things. 
You know what I'm saying? The tough things, though, really show us who we are. Notice 1 Peter 1, 6. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more pressure, precious than gold that perishes, though tested through the fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. These things reveal who we are. And we'd be wise to take note and see where we need to grow. And then second, or 1 Corinthians 11, I'll just skip to 19. He says, he talks about divisions in their church. And he says, but there, for there must be factions among you that those who are approved may be recognized among you. And you ask any pastor that's a true shepherd that's been around for a while, they'll tell you. When a skilled heretic gets loosed in your church, you find out real quick who's who. You find it out really quick. Shows who's approved. Not by me. Who's approved of the Lord? Who wants to follow sound doctrine? Who wants to do things in a biblical matter? You find it out really, really quick. And this is where God in his goodness will even use these things that are bad for good. Because every once in a while, there's a purging that needs to happen. Some might find that offensive, but that's just facts right there. Be wise in what is good. Matthew 10, 16, Jesus said, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, you be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. See the connection in this? He talks about being mature and understanding there in 1 Corinthians 14, 20. Ephesians 5, 17, don't be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And then Philippians 1, 9, and thus I pray that you may, your love may still abound more and more in all knowledge and discernment. Notice that you approve the things that are excellent. God is good and God's word is good. And that's what we want to be wise in, amen? amen. But be simple, which means innocent, or here's a huge word, simple or unmixed concerning evil. Not learn it in wickedness. Not talking about being naive, but not feeding again our souls on wickedness, whether it's just the carnality of the world or something that I think it's more damaging is the false teachings of false prophets and teachers that run amok. Sin has layers and it will always take you deeper. Look at a man like Solomon. Again, also not to be mixed or yoked up with these things. Scripture says, don't be unequally yoked. And when you got individuals in Christendom peddling false teachings and false doctrines, we're not to mix it up. That's where we go, you know, we're separate from that. We stand against that. Oh, I can't believe that. They've sold three million books. I don't care. If it don't line up with the book, get it out of here. We don't need it. There's too many good books out there. I need a good book. Dude, we got like two, three hundred, four, five, maybe six hundred books out there. We got a radio station with like 25 ministries on that they're sound ministries. That's why I even push back with, oh, you're against everything. No, I'm for things that are sound and there's a lot of sound things there. But if it's not, yeah, we're going to oppose it. I'm going to give an account before God one day and so are you. And again, the Bible said this stuff would flood in. And notice that I might come back to verse 20 next week. We'll see. And the God of peace 
will crush Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Amen. Look at, there's a lot in these few verses. It is far easier to be willingly naive than stand up and wage the good war. Because this is a war that will be waged till we pass. It's not going away. It is a war. We're called to wage the good war. We read it earlier. Paul told Timothy, fight the good fight. I mean, we read out spiritual warfare in Ephesians 6, 2 Corinthians 10. And hear it. It's hard. It's difficult. It's 24-7, right? I said on Wednesday night, the most painful thing I've ever done in my life is become a follower of Jesus Christ. Steve, you all went convert saying that. It's the truth. But let me tell you, it is the most joyful and rewarding. I got hope and joy and peace and whatever storm that comes because my God's on the throne. And I know I'm not squandering my life. And it's hard and it's difficult. But hear this, there's good news. The end of this war is coming really soon. In fact, the war is already won. The battle's continuing out. It's coming to an end real soon. Do you feel weary today in these things? The battle is coming to the end really soon. Stay the course, man. Because really soon the God of peace, he's going to crush Satan not only under their feet, he's going to crush it, crush him under our feet. See, the battle belongs to the Lord and the victory comes from the Lord. And in Christ Jesus, we get to dance on the devil's head one day in the real, real near future. What are you going to do? You do the waltz? That's probably, I don't know. That's probably now. You need to do one of these. Just, if you don't know what to do, just make, make a pizza. Got to roll out the dough. Got to throw on the toppings. Got to spin it in the air. Put it in the oven. That, that's a piece of life advice that will serve you well or get you beat up, one or the other. So there is an encouragement in it. Look at this is coming to an end soon. Let's stay the course, amen. amen. And then he prays for him. He doesn't just preach about prayer, he prays. And what a fitting place for a prayer. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all, amen. Man, we need God's grace in all of this. Oh Lord, pepper us with your grace. It's that grace that saves us. Grace is a divine influence that empowers us. Pour it out on us, God. I just looked up and I went 10 minutes over. I'm going to call an audible. We're going to skip the last song. Forgive me for that, ladies. But we're going to pray right now. And here's the thing. Look at if you haven't tasted of that grace, if you don't know the Lord Jesus, that's where it all starts. We've alluded to it and touched on it in this. That God wants to forgive you. He wants to wash you. Our sin separates us from God, but Jesus Christ has atoned for our sins and he is the only way of salvation. And he will meet you where you're at. I don't care how much sin or dirt you brought in here. Our God wants to wash you of all of it. And he will, and he will begin a good work. The Bible says, whoever will call on his name will be saved. That's just an act of humility. Oh, Lord, I'm a sinner. Save me. I believe you died for me. Go before me. Help me. Meet me where I'm at. He will. Lord, we do praise you. We lift you up. Lord, help us. Help us in this difficult matter, God. Help us to be a people, God, that want to stand in truth, that God would look beyond the end of our nose and consider others, especially the simple babes in Christ, 
Give us discernment in these things. I would hope and pray we'd be a church that's getting grounded in sound doctrine. And we've come a long way, but Lord, we got a long way to go. Help us, Lord. Help us. We need your help desperately. Put a hedge of protection around this place, Lord. Oh God, we need your hand on us desperately, Lord. And again, Lord, if there's any here that don't know you, meet them where they're at. Oh, brother, sister, I pray you call on the Lord right now. If that's you, tell someone. Let it be known. I'd, I'd love to talk to you more. I'd, maybe a believer brought you this morning. Speak with them. We'd love to give you a Bible. We've got a ton of them out there. encourage you to come grow in the Lord with us here. Lord, we thank you for the food that's been made out there, the hands that made it. Bless it to our bodies and just bless these saints, God. And we pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. We said together, amen. amen. God bless you.